0: Welcome to the Smirconish podcast for independent minds.
3: So, here in the studio, we have a rudimentary old school system of filing. I've got manila folders and newspaper clippings and commentaries I've delivered. And I don't know, there are about 200 files. And I happen to be in the process right now, TC can attest to this, of cleaning out the file. This is true. I have a file for COVID 19. In the file for COVID-19, I clipped and saved a piece. June 2nd, 2020. Who's eligible for relief and how to get it? Stacy Cowley of the New York Times. It begins this way. The federal stimulus bills enacted last month, including a bipartisan $2 trillion economic relief plan, offer help for the millions of American small businesses affected by the coronavirus pandemic. And it goes on to talk about who's eligible for relief. What does the relief consist of? It's one of these, uh, you know, let us answer your fundamental questions. It talks about the Paycheck Protection Program, which offers loans of up to $10 million to cover eight weeks of payroll, plus some additional expenses like rent and utilities. Further along, economic injury disaster loans, This is a longstanding program offering low interest loans of up to two million for businesses that have suffered losses for some kind of disaster and on and on and so forth. In the margin, would you believe me if I told you that in my in my red pen, I wrote the word fraud question mark. Can you see it from where you are? So, uh, lo and And behold, i carbon dated it. It was written then. I'd like to tell you, I'm the least surprised of what the Associated Press just reported available in all my social media. uh, But I'm shocked by this. The greatest grift in U.S. history is what it turned out to be. Richard Lardner shares the lead position in a three-person byline and he's here to discuss. Richard, this is a really great piece of work. Congratulations to you and your colleagues because I can tell a ton of work went into it.
4: Yes, thank you very much, Michael, and thank you for inviting me.
3: So let's let's not bury the lead. What's the total nut? What's the number that that is estimated that was stolen by virtue of all of these combined COVID relief programs?
4: Well, what we found uh, it it says in the story is is about four hundred billion, um, and that's looking at IG reports and expert data data analysis. Um, but that's potential fraud. Um, And, you know, that number may change, Uh, it may go up. Um, So it's just sort of an evolving process as uh, IGs continue to dig into these numbers um, and figure out, you know, as best they can, where the money went. You know, did a loan go to a uh, unregistered business or did multiple loans go to the same address? Uh, Or in the case of unemployment benefits, uh, you know, were deceased person's social security numbers used, it would the uh social security numbers of federal prisoners used to get benefits. Um it takes a long time to untangle that, as you might imagine. And um, you know, then prosecutors will, will take cases and they can be difficult to untangle as well. Um it all takes time. So if
3: the suspected number and I get it, not proven, could increase, could decrease, but the suspected number is four hundred billion stolen that's from a pool of or, what or
4: stolen or wasted there's there's waste in there too for example there there's a lot you know billions of dollars potentially in benefits that went to people you know who shouldn't have gotten them for example they they checks may have gone to people who had already gone back to work we kept getting the checks um that kind of thing
1: geez i'd
3: put that more and i'd put that more in the stolen category than the wasted category
4: yeah, well, uh, that's, you know, you know, the Labor IG, uh, uh, you know, puts it in what they call improper payment category. But, um, uh, but yeah.
3: Okay, so $400 billion, let me go back to my question, of, of a universe of what? What's the totality of all the programs that we're talking about?
4: Yeah, so lots of numbers, kind of a sea of numbers. So uh, Congress uh, appropriated more than $5 trillion. Um, we use the number of 4.2 trillion that's been paid out. So some of this money has a longer tail on it. You know, there's more time to spend it. Um, the number might be higher than 4.2 trillion, but that is the number that uh, um, the Federal Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, which is kind of a mouthful, uh, it's called, it's known as PRAC. That is the number that that they currently have. They're most counting. Uh, so that will go up. Um, you know, as they get more detail on 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 spending. Uh, but the overall sort of universe of money is 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 more than five trillion dollars.
3: Richard, math never my strong suit. That's why I ended up on radio. But so we're we're talking roughly I'll go with the four point two because I can handle that. We're going roughly in the direction of 10 percent. Then 10 percent of it was subjected to waste or stolen.
4: Potentially, yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, based on our analysis of, of, of the numbers.
3: What's the most, uh, uh, which program, I guess I should say, was most problematic in terms of waste or stolen funds? Because there are a whole sure. myriad but, of different programs here.
4: Yeah, the, the three big ones um, and that we write about primarily are, uh, you mentioned two of them already, Paycheck Protection uh, and the COVID Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, um, and those were both uh, managed by SBA. Um, and, you know, one of the interesting things about the, uh, COVID IDLE program, the economic injury disaster loan program, is that, uh, before the pandemic hit, um, uh, SBA had approved, I checking my numbers here, um, you know, about 67 billion in the prior, you know, several decades since they were founded, I think in 1953. Um, suddenly, you know, there, it, there's a massive influx of money to that agency. Um, and the orders are, you know, get this out as quickly as possible. And they are processing, um, you know, huge sums more than they ever had done before. Um, and when you're, you know, moving money out the door quickly, uh, it's not always going to wind up in the right hands or, uh, people are going to try to take advantage, uh, of, of you know, the, the, the speed.
3: What was the third program? So if, if, if the payment protection,
4: it was, it's what they called, it was the unemployment assistance. So it was known sort of broadly, there were several strains of money, but it was known as pandemic unemployment assistance. And that's, um, so states run uh, each state has its own unemployment system program. Um, And, In a time of crisis, and this certainly was one, uh, the federal government will uh, step in and uh, pump money into the state unemployment agencies. So they have more money because there's many, many more people suddenly out of work. Um, Not all the states have, you know, many of them, uh, I'm not sure what the exact number is, use antiquated systems. Perhaps they don't have enough staff. uh, So benefits are going out the door quickly. Um and again i you know, I mentioned the Social Security number sort of scam. Um and they're going to people who either don't deserve them who are stealing them. So those were the I three mean, sort of largest programs uh that um and uh um the, that that we looked at.
3: I mean on one hand it's it's easy to shake a fist at government and say, Oh my god, how could they not have prevented all this waste and theft On the other hand, I do get it. It was like a fire hose that was being opened and, you know, bad seeds are going to try and take advantage of a, of a situation.
4: Yeah. And I think that's an important point. And, um, you know, uh, on the one hand, you know, government is responding to the worst public health crisis since what the 1918 influenza epidemic. Um, So, you know, they're trying to help people and certainly, you know, we should, note that these programs certainly did help people right um it, it's not as though they were all somehow ineffective um but it it takes people on the other side who are who are trying to steal the money um right you know yeah. it, it it's 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 uh, you can't lose sight of that there are sort of thieves and scam artists out there that uh that are taking that advantage
3: so what is being done and by whom
4: uh, well, so, uh, the Biden administration, um, uh, has put, uh, tighter controls in place, uh, over. Spence, uh, the Biden administration has also proposed a, uh, $1.6 billion uh, plan, uh, to, you know, anti pandemic anti-fraud plan to go after fraud, identity theft, um, et cetera. Um, uh, it's the last time I checked, uh, they submitted that uh, Proposal to Capitol Hill, but I don't believe legislation has been introduced um, yet. Uh, so, um, you know, and these IGs and um, the uh, uh, the Justice Department, uh, federal, you know, U.S. Attorney's offices are are, are pursuing these these crimes uh, or these criminals. Um, but you know, it's it's going to take a while. Uh, last year, Congress. Approved uh, um, increasing the statute of limitations on crimes related to the Paycheck Protection and Economic Injury Disaster uh, Loan program from five to ten years. Um, so that gives prosecutors, you know, more time uh, to to go after these. Um, there's a push also to uh, increase that statute of limitations on uh, pandemic unemployment assistance fraud or crimes. Uh, for five to ten years also. so. So this is, you know, this is going to take a a, a while. Um, And uh, uh, there's just a a lot to untangle. One other thing I want to note is um, uh, one of the things we heard, you know, sitting in hearings and talking to people from and from IGs is that, uh, you know, once this was, I think, Larry Turner, who is the Labor Department Inspector General, Uh, He said uh, at a hearing, um, you know, once fraud goes out the door, it's so hard to get it back because when people got money, they often uh, spent it. Right. 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 All seen the stories about fancy sport cars and expensive vacations and nice clothes. So The money gets spent or uh, what can happen is it might get whisked overseas by some criminal syndicate. Uh, um, and uh, it's, it's just very difficult to, to, to get it back.
3: Final question. Is there something, Richard, that stands out in your mind, a particular episode, incident, allegation of fraud, somebody, whether it was in the payment protection or the economic loan or an unemployment, uh, maybe it's a prisoner behind bars, but is there that one case that you uncovered that you can share quickly?
4: Well, um, that's our next story, actually, uh, oh. you know, digging deeper into some of those cases. Um, you know, it, it, some of these are, are, are just, you know, they, they kind of startle you um, that, uh, uh, you know, you expect uh, criminals and gangs to go after money. But, um, you know, the story, I mean, some of this was taken by people who maybe you would not sort of anticipate, uh, you know, the, the soldier in Georgia. Uh, the, hmm. the, the former state lawmaker in missouri um hmm. uh, it it uh it it sort of uh drew lots of people thinking they could get an easy payday um so um yeah okay come back after you write the follow-up
3: okay i'd love to Re- really appreciate your work thank you so much that's richard lardner right. from the associated press the piece is in all my social media uh, you got to check this out. It's unbelievable. Maybe it's not unbelievable. I mean, maybe it's not unbelievable. In, in one category, you know, the the dollars are staggering. Here, I'll, I'll read you a paragraph that makes the the point I want to illustrate. An eight hundred and thirty seven billion dollar IRS program exceeded ninety nine percent of the time in getting economic stimulus checks to the proper taxpayers, according to the tax agency. Nevertheless, that 1% failure translated into nearly $8 billion going to ineligible individuals, according to the Treasury Secretary Inspector General. So like if I said to you, hey, there's an IRS program and it was administered with 99% efficiency, you'd say, damn, that's pretty good. Yeah, except economies of scale here, the numbers are so staggering that 1% translated in this instance to $8 billion Going to people who were not eligible. Do we all know someone? I wonder. I wonder, you know, I, I wonder if we do. I wonder if we do. It's. Uh, I think I do. I I, I have got to believe yeah. that we all we may not know that we know someone, but I have to believe this has touched. Yeah. How about if I say it this way? I have to believe that this is touched all of our orbits. I don't know, TC, if, if I solicit calls of people, and I don't want you to name no, somebody. No, no. That's what I'm, I'm don't thinking. Don't jam now, me up. I'm thinking okay? now of someone specific, but, but I'm not going to say anything. But, but, but in the but, abstract, right. in the abstract, if, if you could, if you could shed light on this, I don't know. Any, anybody willing to, uh, with the anonymity of Sirius XM, tell me that you, you took a payment protection program, uh, grant? and didn't do with it what you were supposed to, or the economic loan program, or how about the the unemployment assistance that went on for far too long and people were collecting it who should not have. I just thought this was great journalism. This is great journalism. I haven't seen it anywhere else. Fraudsters used the Social Security numbers of dead people and federal prisoners to get unemployment checks Cheaters collected those benefits in multiple states and federal loan applicants weren't cross-checked against a Treasury Department database that would have raised red flags about sketchy borrowers. Criminals and gangs grabbed the money, but so did a U.S. soldier in Georgia, the pastors of a defunct church in Texas, a former state lawmaker in Missouri, a roofing contractor in Montana. All of it led to the greatest grift. In U.S. history, with thieves plundering billions of dollars in federal COVID-19 relief aid intended to combat the worst pandemic in a century and to stabilize an economy in freefall.
1: This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM.
3: Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4.
0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
5: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
5: Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm
1: grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful, but we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
3: Thank you in advance for these telephone calls. Kindly play by the rules. If you're calling to tell me about an episode of fraud that you're aware of, don't identify somebody by name. Don't identify a business. Don't don't get me and serious uh, XM in a jam. Okay, I want I want to hear what you might know, but be tactful is what I'm trying to say. Jesse, what do you got in Houston? Hi,
6: hi. I did receive SBA for the COVID. Um, it was not the amount I had asked for, and that was disappointing.
0: Um, because I was literally standing in food lines for a box of food to feed my family. In the meantime, I was aware of people using dead people's Social Security numbers to get money. I tried to report it. There was no way to report it. The government does nothing for accountability, and it was really sickening to see the fraud going on.
3: Well, that's really an interesting observation. You knew people who were taking advantage. You wanted to drop the dime, but there was just not a place where you could go and do it nowhere
0: nowhere everything was a dead end there's nowhere to report the social security fraud and when at the final place where i did end up with it they gave me a paper to to fill out for social security fraud where i was supposed to know the people's social security oh, numbers oh, and the Jesus. numbers they used for it
3: oh my god it's a classic it's a government classic right uh yeah. Well, I don't I don't have a response uh, that, that could defend any of that. That's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And I guess predictable uh, as well. Thank you, Jesse. Did Lori clear? Lori, you in a better cell? Hey, Lori. Oh,
5: all right. Hey, Michael. Can you hear okay, me? OK,
3: tell me. Yeah, I can.
5: All right. So anyway, my friend works for a retail uh, store. It's a really nice, you know, successful place. And they, when COVID hit, they they did take, I think it was pretty easy for people, for stores or, you know, any kind of business to get the COVID money. So they said, they said yes. And they ended up using that, I don't know, over $50,000 to go to France. The owner took herself and all the employees, the four other women, to France, Paris and Belgium so that's what they they did
3: with the money did the did the non-owner participants know that they were on the government's dime going to Paris
5: yeah they did they did yeah but I mean I you know I mean again it's kind of nuanced you know when when the government I don't know if the if the business knew that they wouldn't need the money Do you know what I mean like They were able to somehow muddle through during COVID because they did a lot of online stuff. But at the point where the money was offered, who's going to – I mean, I'd love to say, oh, no, I'm I'm not going to take that. But that's a tough position to be in, don't you think?
3: No. No, I don't. I don't want to be holier than thou. No, I think it's pretty – I, I'd, I'd have I'd have a terrible time if I were if I were in Paris knowing that I'm there by virtue of funds set aside to get businesses through COVID.
5: Yeah, I I, I, could, I mean I, I couldn't guess en- I, sorry I couldn't enjoy my
3: wine. Sorry. I couldn't enjoy my wine. Oh, Michael! Now I'm you're making eating. me feel like I'm an I'm, I'm an awful person. No, no, no. I know. I'm just <laughs> like my baguette is not going to go down easy. If 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 that's no, the deal, chewing and chewing. Yeah, I got a roll. Thank you, though. I, I, okay. I, I'm very keenly interested in the story.
2: Keenly interested in the story.
3: Hmm. John, you're in Indy. Hi,
2: greetings. Hi, Michael. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. I have a, a business that, that literally brings in and sends out millions of dollars of every month. And we have a policy in our office that that even good people, it's unfair to put my employees in a position where they might be tempted to take money, so I tell them from day one when I hire them, I'm letting you know there are checks and balances every step of the way, every every keystroke that you put in, I am watching, uh, just so you're not tempted. I think it's unfair, and the government put a lot of people in that position. Otherwise, good people who are tempted by by money sitting out there. And and I use an analogy: if I had a barrel of one dollar bills sitting in my office, that was unmarked unregulated and told my employees don't touch the dollars in that barrel that would be unfair for me to do that to my employees likewise i think the government should have had checks and balances in place just so people know not after the fact we're going to prosecute you the next 10 years but from day one there are checks and balances we are going to get the money back we're not going to give it to you we're going to have uh uh more responsibility with the money before we just dish out billions of dollars in, 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 grift to people.
3: I don't know if you or Lori before you are the one who jogged my memory, but I'm, I'm all of a sudden thinking now of being told something by my father when I was a boy. Uh, I don't know if the data backs this up. It makes logical sense, but I remember him telling me about, uh, shoplifting and department stores and the mentality of people who figure, you know, I don't even know, what it, if I say Strawbridge's or Gimbal's or Wanamaker's, people are going to think I'm a 100. What's a department store, TC? Uh,
0: like like Newman Marcus? Uh, oh. Saks? Bloomingdale's? Jeez. What? Listen to you. <laughs> My God. What, is, what are you asking me? We live near the biggest, are you kidding me? We live near Kierkegaard. How King about real people?
3: Why don't you say Target? Target
0: isn't a department store. Oh. Target is a store. You ask me, I'm telling you. I drive by King of Prussia Mall. The last time I went to King of Prussia Mall was Emma's mm-hmm. senior year prom dress. So you can see what a big shopper I am. But there are indeed big signs out right, well, there. Well, that's
3: not what my dad had in mind. He had a, a more pedestrian place like Bambergers. Do they oh, still exist? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. I you mean no like idea. Michael Bamberger? The point he was making is that people think who who are up to no good, like ah, they can afford it. It's a drop in the bucket, and I think like that's Lori's friends probably had that mindset in Paris, like ah, just giving money, screw the government, they're pissing it away. Who, you know, why don't You're we take advantage it at of us. it? I'm like, well, who cares if I take a pair of socks at Wanamakers because they can afford it? They got a hundred more in the rack, uh, you know. But it adds up, and it, it it added up to the tune of four hundred billion dollars. It's it's mind boggling. This is like a story that 60 Minutes would have done in the in the old days, or uh, who was the politician who used to give out an award for for fraud? Uh, started with a P. Keith, It'll come to no. me. It'll come to me.
1: This is the Smirconish podcast from SiriusXM.
3: are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Ophthalmologist Dr.
0: Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat
2: cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness.
0: He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly,
2: patients who can see.
0: Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com/metaverseimpact.
1: Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my 1-year anniversary of my decision to say Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app.
3: Uh, Beth, you're in Flint, Michigan. What did you most want to say?
0: I just wanted to say that we were actually victims of a PPP loan scam. Somebody stole my husband's identity and attempted to take out a PPP loan in his name. Oh, we had wow. no idea. Okay. Yeah, we we had no idea, and we got a letter from the SBA. We opened it up. We almost thought it was fraud, asking us or informing us that we'd have to start repaying $233 a month of a $77,000 loan beginning on a date the year later. And we said, this seems a little fishy. And there was a phone number to the SBA. I said, I'm not calling that number. So we looked up an SBA number online, which matched that, called, and sure enough, somebody had used my husband's Social Security number. To take out a loan. Now the irony is, is that the SBA had flagged it as suspicious. It was a business name in Atlanta, but it was an email address and the island of Palau. I think was what they told us. So they never actually dispersed the loan. It was for seventy-seven thousand hmm. dollars, but they were billing us to repay it. So that became a whole other issue in itself.
3: Wow, what a nightmare!
0: Again, it, it. It, it was two years, and thankfully our fantastic congressman here and his office got involved with the sba and finally helped oh. us take care of it after well, filing
3: a, claims FTC, all kinds of stuff give a give a shout out whose whose office was it
0: congressman dan Kildee did a great job
3: okay that's good to know thank you beth appreciate it very much uh Jarrett in south dakota greetings what did you want to say
2: hi michael uh long time first time uh, so I have a neighbor that uh, is public knowledge in, on the state's website, but he received over $1.6 million in COVID funds uh, through a grant program, and uh, part of that program was that you had to say that with, without this money, you would go out of business. Well, lo and behold, uh, not too much longer later, he built a new shop, uh, which is probably worth uh, half a million and building a brand new house which from what i understand is over six million dollars
3: these stories are amazing amazing
2: i mean we i don't know this for certain but i mean the optics are pretty bad
3: jared thanks for the call larry fort lauderdale what did you want to say
4: hey good morning michael huge fan as you are aware um, thank you i think this is just a a standard case of uh basic american hypocrisy the perspective coming from south florida which is a huge trump the santa's hotbed the same people voting against welfare and child care and all those things are the same people taking these ppp loans when they don't need them i have yeah. four neighbors I mean, that go got a substantial amount and they all had the Santos signs they're all Trumpers. They all want to do away with socialism, but they—they're uh, willing to take these PPP loans and buy. How do, you, gasoline, how do
3: you know? How do you know fools. they? Here's—here's here's what I'm curious about. How do you know they did that? Are—are are they proud of it? Yeah, very much. I mean, if—if so. if, I, I would think, I would think that a person who stole money like this wouldn't want to tell a soul.
4: But it's not stealing. They're entitled to it.
3: Well, it is stealing if you're not a person who needed it.
4: I agree. But you tell them that, right? Yeah. This is the same. Again, I mean I I, don't, just, I, mean, I, don't, don't, I don't I mean I don't know. I don't
3: I hear what you're saying. I don't know that you can you can paint with such a broad brush and say, oh it's you know it's the MAGA crowd who were stealing all this money. I'm sure you know, there's plenty of everybody. That's
4: not what I'm doing. Yeah, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just telling you what I've experienced down here. Right. In South You've Florida. experienced you, you know friends. neighbors
3: you know neighbors who had a handout for funds they never needed and should not have been provided. And you know their affiliation. I get I get it. I, I get it. It's amazing. These stories are, are just shocking. Uh, Mike, Dallas, Texas, what did you want to say?
6: Hey, Michael, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I may be one of these jerks that you're talking about. I got both the PPP uh, uh, grants and I got an EIDC loan. And, you know, looking back on it, and look, especially now that I know people that didn't get it and didn't qualify, um, you know, there are times that I feel guilty about it. But you know who I blame for it, and that's the lenders. And let me tell you, because I've, I can tell you my experience about it and kind of, you know, give you an overview of what happened on it. Because, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I was a musician in the 90s and the 2000s, you know, never really had any money, started my own eBay business and uh, where I sold Bought and sold entertainment memorabilia, records, CDs, autographs, concert t-shirts, and have always kind of self-sustained. The problem is I never had good credit because I was a musician. And uh, and so the only time I could ever get loans, business loans, were these shark lenders online where they basically charge you 500%. I mean, I'm talking about they loan you $1,500 and you pay back 8000 Okay,
3: but get to the COVID.
6: Go ahead. Well, so whenever the COVID uh, happened... The government made it to where you had to go to your bank to get to qualify for a COVID loan. My bank turned me down. They said there's no way you qualified. Well, there weren't enough people qualifying, and the government allowed all of these shark lenders to start giving out COVID loans. All of a sudden, all these shark lenders that I dealt with, many of them that were based overseas, started calling me and telling me that I qualified for a COVID loan. And and sure enough, next thing I know, you know, I got sixteen grand. Now, um, the, whenever Biden got into office, they tightened it, and the second time, I only qualified for 6,000. So the first time it was a big money giveaway. What and, did you do? What did you
3: do? What'd you do with the money?
6: I, I, my business survived. you know, I, I feel like I, I buy a lot of things on Craigslist. There's a lot of people that were hurting and had to sell things, and I bought things. and so I feel like I circulated the money and I did good with it, and it helped me survive, and it helped my business survive. But you know it's and and because I qualified for the COVID loan, I was I qualified for an EIDC loan, and that ended up being thirty five thousand dollars plus a two thousand dollar grant that I didn't have to pay back. Right. And, so he, uh, so here's here's my
3: bottom line. My bottom line is if you put money into your business and you employed people, and it was to the, the it, and you benefited uh, a lot of folks, I'm not as upset about it. But but I can't buy into. I bought a lot of things on eBay. Probably things that you didn't, you know, that were luxury items because, hey, that seller probably needs money. Like, that's not cool.
0: The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds.
1: Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app.
0: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and at Smirconish.com.